Like that gives me that gives me too much anxiety to think about it that way. <laughs> you just, you guys all do your just thing. Just blame the moon, Andrew. It's <laughs> just fine. Blame yeah. the, moon. the stars and the moon. They're in charge. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's get this thing going. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Andrew Beam. Uh, we are not being joined by Josh White today, but this is another episode of the Liquid People podcast put on by, put on by Unified Beer Works. I know how to talk. Uh, today, though, we are being joined by our very own Michelle Hunter, beer tender, sometimes. But really, everyone knows her as a fantastic chef. So, Michelle, thank you very much for agreeing to do this with us. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to join you. So, the first question that I want to ask you, and I just want to get it out of the way, because I feel like we have to. It's the one that I'm sure you brought it up to me before we even started doing this. But did you at all feel bad for beating a guy with clear daddy issues who wanted to win CHOP to finally get validation from his father that he's been seeking from his father for his entire life, or...? I did not feel bad at all. <laughs> that is a brutal question. Holy I, I'm shit. I'm sorry. I, that's, right out of the gate. Step I on the st- throat. I still Ooh. keep in touch with Kristen. Christian, he's an amazing guy. He seemed really nice. I don't feel bad for no. him, no. He seemed really nice. There's like 10, I was, There's 10G on the line. It was, it was really funny because, like, all right, so obviously you were on Chopped. You won Chopped. And he seemed like a very nice individual, too. I was almost rooting for him. And I was like, wait, no, no, no. I'm supposed to root for Michelle. <laughs> He uh, he was the best person to be stuck with for 16 hours in a very small room. He was a lot of fun. Yeah. We talked many times how making donuts is a terrible idea and that they always go home. And he decided to make donuts. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it was just not a good choice. But, all right, so moving on from Chop, because as, 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 as interested as people might be to kind of hear about that, that's not what's important. What I am curious about, though, because I thought this was interesting. It, it popped out at me, and, and you did bring it up on the show. Um, how does it feel, unless you came up with it, so please correct me if I'm wrong, how does it feel to be referred to as a culinary gangster? Do you, do you wear that as a badge of pride, or is it, do you, do you like the term, I guess I should also ask? I did not make the term up. Uh, I believe it was Kathleen Wilcox did an amazing article of me in the Edible Capital District magazine, yep. and she coined the article that, so mm-hmm. then now it has stuck ever since. And she made me feel and look way cooler than I actually am in that article. So I absolutely am proud to go by that, but I don't refer to myself as one. But, I mean, I think it's sort of an interesting way to sort of describe yourself in a way. Like, I mean, the, the meaning, at least, that she attached to it is your ability to go from the sweet to the savory. Basically, be able to not only do baking, which you at least said involves more chemistry, but to also be able to do just regular, just sort of like cooking sort of, or, you know, in general, I mean, do you feel that that's like an apropos sort of description of yourself or like to be called a culinary gangster? Or do you think that's a good term to attach to it? I think it's a really fun term attached to it for sure. It's better than needing to be good at everything and know everything because that's kind of how I got the knowledge of so many different things is I never wanted to be stuck in a situation where I couldn't make something that the restaurant needed or if someone didn't show up and called out or we lost a staff member for any reason that we would no longer have that product anymore mm-hmm. i'd like to be able to go into every aspect of the business wherever it's needed i guess yeah right to be extremely versatile so that's kind of how it came about so i mean you started though working with your dad and your uncle 
in yes. a fast casual uh, style restaurant. Yeah. I mean this. I mean this article. Shout out to her too for that article in Edible. There's just so much information. I thought she covered it very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I guess what I'm sort of curious is, is like, so you were doing all of that. Where in that, or was it before? Just from you know, with your dad running a restaurant, where in that were you just like, this is what I need to do. This is I need to to be cooking. This is what I want to do as a career or just for you know the rest of my life. When did it click? It probably happened when I was about 14. I was living in Hawaii at the time and my parents had split up and Hawaii is extremely expensive. So it was like, okay, I need to get a job. I need to help my mom with the bills. I know how to work in restaurants. So I went to like this really busy fish and chips place in town where I could walk to work basically. And they thought it was very odd that someone so young had so much experience in a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just... You were 14? Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, But, I mean, I grew up in the restaurant, like, rolling silverware and filling ketchup bottles and busting tables and, like, all of that stuff since I was, like, five. Like, frying chicken wings at eight years old. Probably not safe. I don't suggest that. Doesn't sound it. Um, No. OSHA would not approve. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when I was working at that fish and chips place, it was just such a powerhouse of, like very strong work ethic genuinely good people that just really had to work together because the place was busy all the time like line out the door all day every day really well known on the island kind of place and I just loved it it's like a big family vibe and you just have to work hard with all the same goal there's a lot of adrenaline rush but then at the end of the day like you all work so hard to get through something hard and then just feel a lot of joy afterward, mm-hmm. you know? And then I went to Votech during culinary school and kind of learned the more higher end side of things that that was an option. And then when I did go to culinary school, I just discovered this entire culinary world that I didn't know before. I loved the entire food industry before I even knew it was an upscale, like high class thing. You know what I mean? So it yeah. was really nice to discover like, This is more than just cooking and it's more than just being on the line. Like it's a very sought after career and like entrepreneur option. I mean, did you look at as a, as a possible career? Like even, even when you started, like say like going to that, that spot in Hawaii. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it just like what you knew? Like, I I guess it's like, I don't know. Like this is sort of like probably the common question, but it's just like, yeah. What, what, like, was it that adrenaline rush? Cause I know like for me, when I did journalism, it was like, that adrenaline dump at the end, like, that's what I fucking, that's that's what I thrived on. Is, is that sort of what it was? I mean. There's definitely a lot of adrenaline to it. There's also just, like, a strong family aspect in a restaurant. Like, mm. you end up getting very close with these people. And it's a weird sadistic torture that we put ourselves through. Like, you are on your feet all day. It's hot. You're cutting yourself. You're burning yourself. It's very strange. Kind of like brewing. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, you just love it. And I over the years and working too much and like not having a good work-life balance I've tried to think like what else could I do if I didn't cook every day I'm just like I can't just go be a bank teller or something like nothing against those jobs I just wouldn't be able to sit still and do that type of work all day I just know I couldn't do it right I would drive myself insane yeah me too like I like props to those people that literally can just do that and like this is what I'm going to do Mm -hmm. I get the aspects of it I I I get the the payoff of it but it's like 
to do that every day, it's like, wow, is this fulfilling? And I'm sure people think that about the restaurant industry right. too, and brewing and owning the brewery. It's just like, it is absolutely constant. You're sitting at home trying to enjoy a cup of coffee and you're thinking about the orders you need to put in and the staffing solutions you need to solve. Oh, no, we just hang out and drink beers all day. Yeah, yeah it's just like, it's, it's High five constant. each other. Like, yeah. that's all we do. And like, putting out no. fires all day and when things break or go wrong or, you know, it's yeah, just a constant Yeah, when shit thing. breaks here, it's expensive. Yes. Like uh-huh. wildly expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably something you you think about too much and it's just like, oh wait, this is I forgot this was going to be an aspect of what I was getting into. Literally every day I have a thought in the back of my head that something is overdue to break that's gonna be a ten thousand dollar bill. I do it like <laughs> just all the time so that way I'm not gonna be pissed when it happens. Like just something's gonna come up, our boiler's gonna shit the bed, and all of a sudden I'm gonna have to have our boiler guys come in and fix something it's going to be a ten thousand dollar bill like i just think of that stuff all the time yeah right well i mean so michelle i mean like having knowing like knowing like even the behind the scenes like knowing with your family being involved and then having been involved yourself you know in sort of reading in that article you know you're like you already mentioned too you went to vocational school to to kind of explore more of the culinary world and kind of you know get better at it and your mom was sort of still just like, I don't, do, do you really want to do this? Oh yeah, no, she didn't want me to do it at all. So I guess what I'm curious is, is like, did that concern you or did that make you be like, no, I got to definitely get into anything this now. About the family business. <laughs> it, it wasn't even because it was the family business or anything like that. Like she grew, not grew up, but like she married someone that was in the restaurant business and then had to raise two kids with right. a partner in the restaurant business. So she knew exactly how much hard work it was and the hours and like no weekends, no the holidays, downsides. no fun Memorial Day barbecues, like, oh, everyone's going out on the boat today. Nope, can't go, got to work. Like, I also just missed uh, one of my really good friend's son's second birthday the other day because it's just something that you have to expect. Like Saturday afternoons are not available for any kind of activity besides work. And none of that, like, scared you off? Um, I mean, I definitely considered it, but at the same time, I'm very, very lucky to find something that I love so much when a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have that. To actually have a passion for something. Yeah, and it's that's part of the struggle with my work-life balance, too, is when I'm at work, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy the people, I enjoy the work itself, and the entire satisfaction of like starting with something really small and creating something really big so it's hard to like remember to go home sometimes because i'm having such a good time at work and then it's a little bit of both oh yeah so i mean and 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 then so as you kind of go further like all these different places that you went to and this is what actually kind of uh made me think about sort of the culinary gangster thing right and, it, and because you were going from bakery to restaurant to kind of like back and forth and doing things mm-hmm. Would it be fair to almost call you more of like a culinary nomad sort of in a way that you're just willing to just kind of go into like sort of different, different, even different scenes or whatever or what have you? Yeah, absolutely. I've never stuck to just one cuisine or one specific style of food either because I just am so intrigued by it all. Right. And I haven't traveled near as many places across the world as I hope to because there's just so many wonderful culinary adventures around there. Hopefully you're happy doing tacos for at least a little while. (laughs) Well, we're certainly going to get to that, too, because, yeah, obviously that's going to be part of the journey of where you've been on. But, I mean, yeah, so you've been you've been kind of sort of around this area. I mean, obviously, like you said, you were in Hawaii, but that's just sort of where the family moved. But 
you know, I know you were in Lee, Massachusetts for a bit. Other people just know that it's a place to go get weed now. But like, uh, <laughs> where, where in Lee? <laughs> uh, it was a small French bistro called Chez Nou. Never heard. Sorry. I mean, they would a, a no, pretty. I know, I know there is a place in Lee though. There's like a, a pretty cool like mm-hmm. kind of kind of dive bar-y kind of place. There's Moe's Tavern that has excellent craft beer. Okay, that's probably Moe's Tavern. Yes. Like yep. for real. Like, or did I've, they I've just did they name themselves after after Simpsons? the Simpsons? Did yes. they? I hope so. Ooh. And the guy Josh that owns it is very fun and eccentric and kind of rough around the edges sometimes, where he's going to give you his opinion and he really doesn't care how you feel about it. Oh, that's nice. And in nice. the beginning, when he was opening the bar, he had a strong desire to have good bourbon and whiskey and craft beer, but to appease the locals and kind of ease his way in. He planned on having Coors Light or a few other things on tap to just kind of get the ball rolling. And I guess in that process, he had to chase down different reps and like, it was a giant nightmare. So he decided, never mind, no shitty beer at all. And his website is nocoorslight.com. Oh my God, actually, I do or know. That it. is incredible. That I actually do fantastic. know this place. Like, it's yeah. a really, really great place. I he want has to really figure good out beer. how to get our beer in there. Yes. He would love it. Just contact him, I guess, right? Well, we need just to get makes... a license to go into Massachusetts. Probably. Oh, right. Right, because there's this whole thing about regulations that exist, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's technically bootlegging if we brought it across state lines. So. That seems like a marketing tool. Just become bootleggers, right? Notbootlegging.com. <laughs> <laughs> the name of my new beer distribution company that I haven't thought of until just now. <laughs> But, like, yeah, Sue, I mean, I know you were out there and just, like, basically just something, just kind of reading sort of that story or just sort of the trajectory of where you've been, it kind of all somehow seems to just bring you back here to the capital region. Yeah, absolutely. After Massachusetts, I ended up taking a job in Albany. I was the pastry chef at Yono's for a while. Right. Um, And then kind of found my way around the capital region in a few different places, but definitely coming back to home base because obviously my family is here. And my ex-husband at the time, his family was here, mm-hmm. and a lot of our friends are here. And it's obviously an amazing place to live that a lot of us don't understand unless you've also traveled around. The Adirondacks right. are an incredible place to be as far as boating and biking and motorcycles. And there's just so many fun activities around here. And it's a beautiful place to be. So that's why I was just kind of curious then. Like you, you, I mean, It seems like you could have the opportunity to go wherever the fuck you want to, sort of. And it just seems that... <laughs> right, I know, I know. But like, oh, I'm just curious though. <laughs> oh, she, I'm not the one planting any seeds. I yeah. feel like I feel like she knows this. He's but an like, independent thinker. Oh, I know. Um, but like, I mean, is is it is it the like? Cause you you've brought up family quite a bit a few right. times. Is that what keeps bringing you back, or is there something else that that is, or is it just the opportunity? I mean, what is it about sort of this area, or is it sort of all the different activities that you just mentioned? Um, originally, it was definitely family because my mom has gone and my father have gone through a lot of health issues over the last several years. Mm. So that's definitely brought me back. There was some opportunity to move in, like I think it was 2015 or 2016, but then she, her diagnosis—they finally figured out what it was. She needed to get a lung transplant, so it was a lot all at once so it was one of those like okay let's just stick around for a little while probably not the right time to move across the country and kind of put it on hold was that in the cards what was that in the cards move across country yes after the wedding in hawaii the plan was to move to hawaii oh you got married in hawaii i did damn yeah what was that like it was beautiful it was the sunset on the beach that sounds great all your favorite people barefoot (laughs) 
Of course, no shoes. No shoes were allowed for Perfect. anybody. <laughs> Wait, that's not cool. You just outlawed shoes? Yes, I think it was my great. wedding. I could do whatever I wanted. That's exactly, true. it's your rules, hundred <clears throat> percent. If you ever saw my feet, you'd ask me to put shoes on. You just bury them in the sand. It's fine. I used to run ultra marathons, so they are so beat up. <laughs> you know, there's a thing I didn't know that would happen in this podcast, and it was to learn more about Jeff's feet. There we go. I didn't know that that was something that was going to see that one coming, did you? No, yeah. I didn't. I like that's literally like, oh, this is going to be fun. We're going to be able to like talk beer. We're going to talk with everyone else in beer. Oh, there's Nick that's walking behind Everybody us. He was in a previous episode. Out. Listen to that one. It was a lot of fun. But no, uh, so now I'm just like stuck on Jeff's feet. Uh, no, and so. <laughs> But yeah, so like it, we've talked about them far too much. It's far too much. I, I, I definitely not going to cut it out. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, but it's still like you said, you you had plans to move out to Hawaii though. I did. Like that was that was the next. That was that was the big plan. Okay, so and it's just really just family kind of kept you here, just with the issues that were going on back home with your mother. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, the last two and a half years, as we all know, have been very rough for many different reasons. Not um, sure what you're talking really? about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then my husband and I ended up deciding that, you know, we needed to call it quits with our marriage and we did everything we could. Um, mm-hmm. And I was exploring around. I had traveled to California around Thanksgiving and was looking into Portland, Maine and Philadelphia and a few different places to try and see where I would end up. And then I just kind of, and this may sound really cheesy, I just like to kind of put my own positivity into the universe and then see what comes my way Mm -hmm. I guess and that's just kind of gave me the opportunity to come here and I bothered Erica enough to you know convince her to hire me and put me behind the bar and now we're opening a kitchen so there we go yeah so I mean definitely yeah right that's that's definitely a very unique sort of like sort of journey in terms of what you've gone on and 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 so then to like now become a beer tender. Like, I mean, so what, I mean, I know we've talked a little about Hamilton Ghost and it's like the hours, it's like mm-hmm. super demanding and such. And then the like, now it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a, like, I guess I wasn't sure and I wasn't part of the discussion. Was the, the, the plan always like you were going to come here and do kitchen stuff or it was just no. beer tending yeah. stuff? Yeah. That was not no. the plan. We had no, we had no intention of, uh, of a kitchen. Maybe, maybe not at that point. Mm-hmm disregard that sound of like an explosion behind us i tried to get us away from the whole it's canning fine. thing everything everything's fine this happens We're every totally time fine. we unplug no it's only when you hear screams that you have to worry every time we unplug a line from our uh <laughs> our air compressor it likes to let us know that it's in charge yeah right um, but no I, I think we've been thinking about a kitchen but i don't know how how far down that path that we were. Yeah, we were not. We were not far at all. We love our food trucks, but we just wanted to have more control over the food and the scheduling of when they were available. Like, we want to have food every day that we're open. And I think that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah. Um, but, at, but at the time that, that we hired Michelle, that was not... No. We, so, it was sort of like a passing conversation here and there. It wasn't mm. anything serious. Funny story. She had interviewed this spring of 2021 mm-hmm. and I think because your availability was so up in the air we were just like god we need somebody now like you couldn't right. even tell totally us makes sense you couldn't even tell us when you were available and we're just like I think she'd be awesome but like yeah we don't like you were like I don't know like mid-June maybe July this was like I was still riding this was like the beginning of May right, or something I'm right. just like we have no idea when she's going to be available and 
Yeah. So but then we, we got lucky and he came back to us. I know. He came back. You <laughs> oh, came I didn't back know that this had been in discussion like, for yes, that no, long. I'm available now. We're like, yeah, I, yeah, you're you're I hired. Like, come on in. Interviewed, I think in April. I yeah. think it was because mm-hmm. I had given my nose to Hamlet, and it was like three months' notice to, you know, get the sous chef up to speed of all the other responsibilities that were needed. And it was kind of I left it loose because I wasn't getting another job. At the time, it was getting Hamlet ready to go for the summer, which was going to be very busy, you know, as COVID was winding down. And right, then, it's totally not here anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was uh, really interested in coming here because I knew I couldn't just go from working 80 hours a week to not working at all. Um, and I always loved this place as a customer and really interested in Erica and Jeff and, like, their focus on quality and what they were doing. So then, like they said, I interviewed, but the timing was kind of vague because I wanted to make sure Hamlet was in a good place before I left completely. And then after that, I was working at my friend's flower farm for the summer, and which was amazing, being out in the sun every day and helping her. But then the fall was coming around, and I was like, ooh, there's no more farming. I should probably get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Need some money. Yeah, I still got to like pay rent and stuff. <laughs> So then I had kind of emailed Erica and talked to Dave behind the bar and like, hey, is there any chance you guys need anybody? Because I don't really want to work anywhere else. Just so happens we did. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. Uh For some reason it didn't need to happen here until the fall. You know? Fair enough. I mean, so working behind the bar with the likes of someone like Dave, I have him in my phone as something different. Dave Globerson and... And people like myself and He's everyone else. My phone else. is Super Dave. Yeah, well, there's that, right? Uh, I mean, like, so what was that? I, it, going from the crazy, hectic schedules that you've been working seemingly your entire life, and not to say that that has really changed so much. I mean, what was it? Was it at all even like a slowdown to be doing something like that? Just like working behind the bar, pouring beers for people, chatting with, you know, chatting with everyone and that sort of thing? Or, I mean, what was that like for you just in terms of comparing it to, like, let's say, you know, do you know being a chef or being an executive chef at Hamlet and Ghost running the show there right the original transition of leaving Hamlet and Ghost and then kind of like barely working that part was really hard <laughs> because my mind was occupied by many many things by the restaurant for, for many, sure. many hours of the day and then all of a sudden was focusing over focusing on little things that really didn't need to be focused on so much like mm-hmm. Shoe you had to think like, about yourself. Hair on the floor. You don't need to yeah. vacuum every day. Like, <laughs> chill. I mean, it's not a bad practice if you have the time. But yeah, right. And um, no one wants like dog hair covered socks. Exactly. So the whole sense of purpose kind of took a shift. But you know, I needed that, and I needed that moment of growth. And then coming here was great. It was odd because you go from kind of being the boss and needing to take care of everything to just like you need to come in. Here's this checklist. Like, be nice to the customers. Sort and, of. You know, talk well about the beer. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I told them flat out, I was like, I really like to drink beer. I know what I like and what I don't like, but I don't know a lot about beer. So then I'm bothering Jeff with all my really annoying questions. No, they were... <laughs> no. Actually, you asked literally, and I don't want to, like, throw any of our other employees under the bus, but you've <clears> asked <throat> literally the most meaningful <laughs> questions about beer of of anyone that's ever worked here. But it makes sense too, right? Coming because, from a culinary yeah. world, you have such a great palate that's that's A you have a good Why palate. Why this but flavor it's with that flavor to pick out certain flavors and you even just talking how about things complement each other. Yeah. The yeast yeah. and the different generations of yeast and it just 
totally triggered sourdough for me and then I have a bunch of other questions mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and dry hopping to me just makes complete sense because that's how you infuse and steep a lot of things in cooking so mm -hmm. it's exactly. like of course that makes way more sense than boiling too long and they get too bitter and bring yeah. out different Whirlpool vegetal flavors of hops as well like we do right. it at a lower temperature um yeah. So yeah, like dry hopping, that really new thing that everyone started doing. Yeah. yeah. Newfangled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thing. Triple, quadruple dry hop. Yeah. <laughs> all the buzz all the buzzwordy things. Yeah. Um, I, I still haven't figured out the being nice to customers thing, so I'm glad that you at least stuck that, that one. That is to heart. the biggest it's pile a, of bullshit ever. Had someone this morning telling Erica about how nice you were because they spilled a growler in the back of their car because of something wrong with the growler. No fault of yours whatsoever. He came back, just wanted to refill it. Basically saying like, hey man, I screwed up. Can I just get this refilled? And you did it for free, which frankly you should have. That's not a key to everybody to like say like, oh, I chugged my growler in the parking lot. Can I get a new one? Cause I spilled it. Like, no, we don't want to do that. But now we know when we actually release this podcast and there's a horde of you motherfuckers that come out and do that. We know what you're doing. We, we know. We see this. I spill this, and they're, like, <laughs> slurring their words as they hand you the empty growler. We see you. Yeah, you butt-chugged it in the parking lot. We know what you did. <laughs> oh, my God. He Jeff's feet and butt-chugging. These are things I didn't know. <laughs> but, you know, you got to expect the unexpected. And we also don't need to talk about, like, what I was truly thinking about that person when they brought it back. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I, it, it's... Good it's, guy, very regular customer. Yeah. And he had made a comment to Erica this morning, and I... Like, you absolutely did the right thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, he hasn't gotten to know me. Um, this isn't about me, though. Uh, so, but you know, I always try and make it about myself. But no, I mean, so, like, the experience, though, like, obviously, being behind the bar and doing that and interacting with people in the way that you have, I mean, what is that sort of like, though? I mean, I know you still had the open sort of concept at, uh, at Hamlin and Ghost where you did sort of, in a way, interact with people. <laughs> was this a different vibe for you? Was that just, I mean, what was that like? Yeah, it was very different, but it's all has its own challenges too because I haven't worked front of house in many years also right. I was a server at my dad's restaurant we had to do it in college but mm -hmm. I would do it in a pinch but it wasn't something I would do every day so that aspect of the job was initially nerve-wracking but we have a really amazing customer base and a lot of people that come in that want to learn more about the beer and ask questions and people that come in multiple days a week and they actually care and invest themselves into your life too and ask questions like you just end up being surrounded by a bunch of your friends at the mm. end of the day mm -hmm. they just so happen to tip very well so <laughs> <laughs> thank you customers yeah yes so this is all about money uh no it's <laughs> it's just any of these relationships we built no it's just because we want your money uh but so i'm uh, and and now kind of getting to sort of where we're at now which is you know we're opening up this kitchen now at the brewery mm-hmm and what were your initial thoughts when or, or how did that conversation even come to be? I mean, I know you guys had even talked about it. You guys have always kind of played around with the idea of trying to open up a kitchen here. Obviously, somehow she fucking fell in our lap and, and now she's going to, you know, she's now obviously heading it. But like, how did that conversation actually start begin? We had we had originally started by talking to a consultant, a local consultant who is wonderful, but you know we were we were looking at costs and everything and and just thinking about what we really wanted to do and and how we wanted to do it, and it just sort of dawned on us one day like 
do you think Michelle might be interested in helping us with this? Like, I I thought there was a solid chance that you'd be like hard no, no because way. I want to get I want, away from food. I wanted to get out of this for a reason, you know, whatever. But I, think, I was like, there's a small chance yeah. that she'll be interested in it, if especially if this is like your baby and it's your project and and you yep. get to do it from the ground up. So and I think I asked yeah. it very like gingerly. Like, yeah, would you be at all interested? Like, we want to do this thing, and if you want nothing to do with it, like, that's fine. Like, yeah. whatever. We totally got it. But, like, if you do, you can kind of create this thing exactly how you think it should be done. And you were like, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. But, no, so you, like, just kind of asked, and, like, hey, yeah. maybe, like, asking you, like, asking someone to the prom, like, hey, do you want to maybe sort of, <laughs> I don't know. And all of a sudden she was all excited, and you're yeah. like, all right, cool, I guess I'm the guy. What is no. it that exci- <laughs> But what is it that excited you about it? Then? I think there's this odd misconception, and I don't know where it came from, that I left Hamlet and Ghost because I wanted to leave the restaurant industry when it is so epically far from that. I'm sorry I told everyone that. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's an impression that somehow has gone across the board to many places in town when that's not true. I didn't say a goddamn word to anyone about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I loved Hamlet and Ghost, and I loved working there. I loved my team, and I loved the owners, and I wasn't ready to leave. I didn't want to leave, but unfortunately there was a lot of things happening in my personal life where I needed to give that more attention, and nights mm-hmm. and weekends, and the first summer being fully open after COVID was just going to have so many demands that I knew... It was going to be wild. I wasn't going to be able to give enough attention to work and my personal life. It was going to be like cutting them both short and I really didn't want to do that mm-hmm. so that. that's why you do a bad job at both that's right and it felt unfair to the restaurant also if I couldn't be giving it mentally like 100% which I knew the restaurant and the team was going to need then it was just time to pass the torch at that point point. Um, and my sous chef Alex Lumpka he's the executive chef there now he does an amazing job he's still killing it over there he has an amazing team can't disagree I, with you yeah I, have, I mean you know, it was there recently fantastic Instagram Yes, he does. <laughs> I thought he takes like wonderful food photos. I'll he give does. him that. Absolutely. And he's extremely creative, so I'm very, very happy that we had the opportunity to give the job to him as well. Um, so when Jeff and Erica had asked, it was like, yeah, sure, this sounds great. Like, I was never trying to get out of kitchens, it was just kind of what happened at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so now here we are. I mean, so, I mean, but what was it specifically? You were like, let's do this. Um, I mean, the fact that they're genuine people that care about the business and their staff. They're right quality. here. Quality, yes. But we, <laughs> You're talking we, about me like in the third person, like I'm not sitting right next to you. <clears throat> we all have the same core values as far as like quality of product, how to treat people, and like where we're sourcing our products. We're trying to get as much local as possible and also have like fresh, delicious food. We're very aware that a lot of breweries around the country and the world do a lot of burgers and wings and wood-fired pizza and a a lot of heavy food. And we were all on the same page where we didn't want to do something like that. We wanted to do something a little lighter, but still packed with punch and flavor. And so us all being on the same page and the same timeline was exciting. Like when things happen very organically like that, makes it feel like you're in the right place at the right time you know what i mean i start to not three people who are all kind of equally invested in something all agreeing a hundred percent on what the vision is Mm -hmm. as rare as it gets well and and this is where it's like it's funny because like i've always been very much a person it's not that i didn't i guess denied it right 
that whole idea of everything, you've said it a few times, everything happens for a reason. It's almost like you're just letting the universe just sort of guide you on your journey, right? I really am. Which I'm, just, I'm doing journey, only things man. that bring me joy, Andrew. That's it. Well, no, but but here's the thing, though. It's that like I I respect the the hell out of that because I am not good at that at all, and and it's something where it's like I can learn from from you guys because it's sort of in a way it's like you're fucking right because yeah, it, your journey has seemed to like literally just been that each and every time you're just right. listening to what it's telling you and it's 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 brought you to a place that you know. It just feels like it's uh, what is the word kismet? Is that what it is? Or it's just like everything kismet? just yeah. 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 Where it's just like it's this is exactly what you Isn't should be he doing an right MMA now. Fighter? Sorry. Isn't he an MMA fighter? Oh, uh, that's Hamzat. Oh. There's a kismet, isn't there? There might be. I don't know. Now I don't know if we're crossing the border of being offensive. But <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a million Russian fighters out there. Now. Oh no, exactly, and they're all Nemergamedovs. So, I, but yeah, so I, that's kind of amazing though that it just sort of it just happened. Yeah, I've been very lucky in my career to kind of pick and choose where I want to work. Let's just wait for it to do its thing for a minute. All right. Do you want to just do that again? <laughs> just no. We right. had a little break because we had a delivery pull up, and now we can't quite remember where we are. Yeah, no, that yeah, we we're just so like, we're gonna we just, we're gonna reload as best we can. We went we went on so many different tangents, but like I mean, what we were talking about is just how you ended up here, right. and I know a lot of it was just sort of about just kind of how it just kind of kind of all fell into place, and then you guys went in the conversations back and forth. But so I. Being able to now choose, obviously, like you said, what you want to do here. And, and, and in collaboration, obviously, with Jeff and Erica about, like, what should be at a brewery mm-hmm. and having that opportunity. So, tacos. Mexican fair, sort of, in a way, or Mexican-inspired fair. Yes. Central and South American fair. Central and South yes. American fair. Now i got to tailor what my description is to everyone else. Uh, well, we, we didn't want to, like... No, I, I agree. Yeah. We didn't want to pretend to be, like one specific thing when we're not we're right we're taking a, an entire region and we're trying to create we're trying to create a menu that will cater to that region and also play well with the beer that we mm-hmm. serve here and because and because people fall into and the traps what, of misappropriation too will be awesome well and also try and give ourselves a lot of opportunity to keep everything kind of really fresh and new and creative and we can kind of take different dishes from so many different parts of that part of the world that do an amazing job and kind of give them the props like this has been part of their culture for so many years and Mm. they do such a great job that we just want to make sure that we honor that and that's and make sure that everyone knows like that's where we're getting the inspiration from Mm -hmm. because it was Doing the research for this menu was a lot of fun because I don't have a lot of experience in that type of cuisine. I have different friends that are from that part of the world or have experience with that type of cuisine, but it's not something that I have spent a lot of time doing. I have most experience in like French and Mediterranean inspired food as far as different restaurants that I've worked in. So it was really fun to be able to like buy new books and do a lot more research as far as like the different dried chilies that we should be using and the layers of flavors and why their cultures do things in the order and fashion that they do them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's got to be a lot of fun. That's got to be part of the excitement, too, right? To have to be able to explore all that, too. Yeah. Um, we've done, and, and, and how, uh, this, is, this is another thing, and 
maybe this will be included or not, but like the thing I'm kind of curious about is because I know it's come up sort of in discussion too is uh, some of the the pitfalls that some chefs, restaurants, or what have you fall into. Where I guess you could say I don't know if it's misappropriation or it's just like not thinking about it. But how important is it to you to be able to honor like the origins of the food that you are cooking? Oh, it's extremely important. I don't just want to throw cumin, coriander, and chili powder in something and call it Mexican or anything like that. Like I would rather. Hey, now it's a taco. Yeah, like, exactly. No, I would rather be find much more meaningful and purposeful. Yeah, than that. the right chilies and be doing it appropriately. Like al pastor that we are gonna, hopefully going to have on the menu with chicken, but it's traditionally with pork. Like we're still getting all the same chilies that are traditionally used. We're not doing it layered and kind of roasted on the spigot like they do and Mm. where all of that culture comes from but we do want to make sure that we're using the right ingredients and calling things appropriately and not just kind of making things up mailing it in and saying like oh we serve tacos why do you feel that's so important because i think they have such a deep history and deep culture invested into this food and i think their culture is so like constantly surrounded and built around food and around the table and family and the way they kind of show hospitality and appreciation for people is feeding them. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I hold very close to my heart. Like I'm not the best gift giver or the best with words. Like if someone has something happen in their life, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to fill their fridge with food. That's (laughs) what I know what to do. And then they won't have to worry about it. I just give them a bunch of beer, so we're on right, the same yeah. page. It's exactly. how you show that you care for somebody. It's yes. giving them something from your heart that you're super passionate in creating. Right. The only thing I'm good at is beer. So here, <laughs> take a bunch of beer. Yeah. So we've done two test runs now. We have. How are we feeling? I think it was very successful. The first one, I mean, had a strong learning curve to it. We kind of took I a warehouse. I don't know house. what you mean. Oh, yeah, you do. You were there. <laughs> I, I will say, I was spectacular. No, I will say this though: the first one, it there was no fault of the food. It was logistical shortcomings. It was all on, internal stuff on our end. We took a warehouse and, and we decided to put thinking, a five by eight kitchen in. Dude, it there was like, going to. It was gonna now. happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, something is bound to that go was a, a little, little off the rails. That was a little bit reckless, but okay. I mean, well, and that's why we do these events where we invite members and friends and family to come in and be like, "Hey, come drink the beer, have a good time," and we're just trying to make sure that we work out the kinks before we open to the public, and we want to make sure that we're giving the best product and the best service mm-hmm. at the right Which time. Which I think from version 1.0 to 2.0 that was clearly like a giant step up mm-hmm. in terms of how smooth things went this time yep absolutely the food completely awesome both times yeah um i think some of the feedback from version one about like maybe this was too spicy or that wasn't spicy enough or whatever like those things got leveled out mm-hmm. i think I think the food is like ready, ready, ready. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the menu we designed very specifically for the space and for the tap room and for our customer base too, where sometimes it's really slow for a few hours and then other times everybody comes in all at once. So hopefully we can. When you got to see that in version 1.0. Exactly. Everybody yeah, we got showed to up at see five every and facet. then talked for an hour and then at 6.15, Everyone put their food in at the same everyone time. Everyone put their food <laughs> right. in at the same time when everyone else who was a little bit later arriving did. And 
and that but that's reality right like right. that's reality in the kitchen it's it's not always going to be just like this steady trickle like it's going to be these waves and Absolutely. you're going to see the yep. the highs and lows and I, I think it was good to to have that stress test so everybody could see like what it's actually going to be like right i absolutely because agree. i can guarantee you like as big as that wave was on that first monday at 6 15 that wave is going to last for two hours the first time that north and south dakotas are here on a saturday <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those guys they fill the goddamn house and every single person is going to order food yeah and absolutely. it's going to be a fucking shockwave to everybody i plan on being here just to wash dishes oh yeah and like and, and apologize to people like i'm sorry it's taking a little bit longer but like you see how small that kitchen is like they can it's only... nice that it's an open kitchen in the tap room though because they can see we're not just standing around like no right. no one is standing up their thumb it. up their ass <laughs> yeah. like exactly it is it is a hundred miles an Live hour Live action right and that that's going to be a wild to me like that's going to be a wild first day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not that far away. I know. No, it is not. And I know we're going to be kind of coming out more about what that date will be soon. All of you have asked me enough at the bar, at least yesterday, being May 11th. When's an opening? Fuck, I don't know. But I do. <laughs> I know what the target date is. I just we're don't not, really want to tell you. We're not going to open it a moment before we feel like we're all ready to make sure it is a great experience for every customer who walks in and that's not going to overly stress any of the staff. Yeah, we don't like, want to open how, it. That's how I look at everything. I certainly want to be in a place where I'm not turning down bottle shares uh, in, the, in the middle <laughs> of the entire thing. Um, but, uh, so, just kind of, and, and so it's going to be super exciting. I mean, no, it, it, it is, the food is phenomenal. Um, and... It's going to be really fun, and I know that's the one thing. It's the one thing that I've loved about this place, and I know all of us do, is the commitment to making sure everything is going to be great and that it's going to be a great experience for the customers. So, But the, uh, it, kind of going a little off that, though, and the one thing I just kind of want to ask you, Michelle, I know I kind of asked you about, like, you always just seem to come back here, and one thing is about is family is sort of what has, has brought you back a, a, a bunch of different times and really just sort of whatever the universe has sort of just guided you to but what I'm sort of curious about, just from your perspective, because we've talked a lot about, you know, different restaurants collabing with all these other different people, these breweries, the, you know, the friends that'll come through. How do you view the scene here and working with everyone else within it in terms of the capital district, whether it be the restaurant scene or even the brewery scene? How have you viewed it or just how would you identify it? Just in terms of, do you feel it's close-knit? Do you feel that everyone's in competition too much with each other? I mean, do you, what are your thoughts sort of on it? I think we have a pretty versatile kind of restaurant industry in our area. There are like a few little clicks, right? There's the Saratoga scene, then there's the Albany scene, there's the Troy scene, and then there's like other people peppered around. Um, I don't think it's cutthroat at all, though. I think a lot of people... If they don't know each other personally, they at least know of each other and have respect for each other. And it's a very family-oriented thing, whether you've met this person or not. If someone that you know from the industry or know of from the industry comes into your place, there's a lot of hospitality that goes towards those people. And the same is true for the same brewery industry. Yeah. 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 If people come in here that work at Common Roots or Whitman or Rareform or any 
where else in the country for that matter. We it's always, like, all right, those yeah. beers are on us. Yeah. We got to give them some love. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And yeah. It's always the same ex- in restaurants extend too. some hospitality to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, is that the way it is in other scenes or is that how you view, or I mean, what is your vision of what sort of a sort of restaurant bar or even brewery scene at this stage? Because now breweries seem to have like their tap rooms almost seem to be the place that people come to after mm-hmm. work. But uh, how do you, what, what is sort of your image of what, how those should operate sort of those communities i mean i don't have a definition of how they should operate it's just an experience that i've had as far as like the industry as a whole is very giving to each other and Mm. to family like if even if you're at a random restaurant in a different city and you mention you work in a restaurant even if they have no idea where you're talking about or the level of food that you're in like you'll get a shot of fernet on the house because that's what we do for industry people we kind of do the same thing here. If you work for Brewery XYZ in Austin, Texas, and I find out about it, that you're here, yeah, I will absolutely buy you a beer. Yeah. It's just sharing the love yeah, exactly. and the appreciation. And, like, we know you work hard. Go ahead, this Andrew. Throw it in now. Exactly. Yeah. Don't show up saying you work for a brewer if you don't. I never, dude. I never do too. I'm like always super shy about it. Like I just try and never mention it, and it's like show up wearing the full kit. Like yeah, obviously you work for so and so. Like I'm generally wearing Bill stuff nowadays, or like some other weird shirt that's uh, I don't know, a band T-shirt or something like that. I don't know. For some reason, I always like try and hide it. I'm like I don't. I'm not looking for that. I'm just here to hang. I'm just. (laughs) Funny thing is, when I go to any other brewery in general, I go completely un. Like I will wear a Bill's hat. Mm -hmm. Right. And just a flannel shirt. Like, yep. I'm hoping that they don't know who I am because I just want to go there and have a beer. And, and relax and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And yeah. actually support them. I don't right. want the free beer. I'd rather give them the seven bucks for it. I Same. Yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Well, Michelle, thank you very much uh, taking time because I know you're super busy and all over the place. So, yeah, don't, don't give me that. Uh, thank you very much, though, for taking the time and talking with us. Thank you for being so open, too, uh, and sort of just talking about everything as well. I mean, not everyone will always do that, or, or at least maybe I feel like people can be apprehensive about it. So I just really do appreciate that. Um, and also, too, I am proud of myself for not saying to be fair, so you weren't just going to echo it back to oh, me, I which totally I feel like happens that. all the time. <laughs> when it happens in the bar with multiple people, it's epic. <sighs> it like I, it, like I get it, but also too, it just like it hurt me. Anyways, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can find us on anywhere you listen to your podcast or download your podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, fuck, I don't know all the other ones. All Ra- seven of you. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're getting a decent following, it seems like. We're actually getting an audience. Yeah, we Thank actually, you. People, people actually Thank listen you, to us. So um, seven people told seven of their friends, <laughs> and now we have 14. <laughs> We're slaying it. But thank you, everyone, for listening. If you can, rate, review, subscribe to it. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, we love these discussions. So anyway, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Au revoir. Thank you so much.